What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Grant Cohn production. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. He's Grant Cohn. What's up? Happy Wednesday, Grant. Happy Wednesday, Rob. I'm fired up. How are you? Yeah, I'm fired up too. And I got to start this show by giving you praise. First of all, I want to praise all our new YouTube channel members. Thank you very much. Please sign up for that. Less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, priority comment response, membership badges. So please, please, please do that. Now, on to the praise for you, sir. You are the only person that I have seen report anything from Rookie Minicamp. Everyone I know is using your article that you wrote, Stock Up, Stock Down for Rookie Minicamp. So just per- thank you because you're my connection to the team. So thank you. Thanks. This is how I made my mark on the beat 12 years ago. I started like right after the lockout ended. It was training camp. And I was trying to figure out how to like stand out on a beat with Matt Mayoko and Matt Barrows and all these great heavy hitters. And I realized they were given like really brief synopses of practice. And I was like, man, I got all these notes. I think people would want to know. I'm just going to write as much as I possibly can. And you know what? It worked. (laughs) Well, (laughs) like I'm amazed that there hasn't been more coming out of this because I'm desperate for just tell me how people are doing. I want something on the field to talk about. So let's get into that. Uh, Lewis Riddick said something on the Rich Eisen show, which I think is going to spark a little quarterback conversation. And we can get into how the Niners apparently pissed off the entire NFL because they got a scheduling situation that is pretty brutal. So we'll get into all that, but we'll start with rookie minicamp. First thing I got to know, like, does Jake Moody look good? How's he kicking these field goals, man? I'm on kicker watch now. I honestly didn't watch Jake Moody in this practice because there was no like special teams practice where it was all like all of a sudden spotlight right. on him. I thought he was like warming up in the side and I'm sure he did great. But a certain at a certain point, I'm going to have to watch. I was more watching like Latu, Willis, like the offensive guys, the defensive guys. They're playing seven on seven. So like Jair Brown didn't get an opportunity to make any plays. Darrell Luter Jr. looked good, but I mean, he can't put his hands on people and do press coverage. Like I was really looking at the skill players and Latu, he dropped a pass, which kind of isn't great because he did a little bit of that in college. But just looking at him, he's he's really large. He makes George Kittle look like a small tight end, and I think Kyle's gonna ha- gonna be able to if if Latu can just hold on to the ball in the flat, he can run over people. And then Willis looks like a guy who can really uh, beat man to man coverage. Like they're different. Latu's like the first and second down tight end, good blocker. And then on play action bootlegs, get him a little bit of space. Who the hell's going to tackle him? Physical guy. But then on third down, I don't think he's going to beat any safety man to man, like you know, one on one. But Willis can. Willis is a guy. You may he may not be a tight end, or you could call him a slot receiver or a fullback, or whatever. You put a, a, a safety or a linebacker on him. That's a mismatch, and that's like the fifth option in your progression. So those two guys are really interesting. Ronnie Bell looks good. He looks tough. They had this tryout guy named Jacor Pearson. That they haven't signed yet. I mean, I liked him a lot. Uh, he had a long, a long deep catch. Yeah, it was it was interesting, and they had it all with Steven Montez and uh, Clayton <laughs> Thorson at quarterback. Yeah, Clayton. So I'm surprised Thorson. they even did anything. Yeah, Clayton. Do you remember Clayton? Have you seen Clayton Thorson play quarterback at Northwestern? Uh, no, no, me neither. Anyway, he's the, it was he's fun. the only other guy in the league that has the uh, internal brace: Nick Mullins, Clayton Thorson, and now Brock Purdy. Yeah, he has wow. the exact same injury as Brock Purdy. He had the torn. Well, Clayton Thorson was letting it fly. Hey, maybe that's a good letting sign for fly. Brock. I don't know. Sure, that is. Hey, maybe that can't be a. Uh, actually, now that you put it that way, that can't be a coincidence that they brought in a guy with that. They they must want to see what that looks like. Huh. I don't think it's 
by accident. Otherwise, like, huh. I think they were desperate to get Clayton Thorson in there. No, very interesting. Okay, so because I thought like Steven Montez is going to be like the pseudo Trey Lance mobile quarterback, although Steven Montez looked like he was in terrible shape. Sorry, Steven. Ooh, that's not he's seen good. better days. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> was the does my suspicion that they're hoping that Willis can eventually take over like a Kyle Juszczyk kind of role? Does that seem possible to you after seeing him in person? Um. I mean, so much of what Juszczyk does is because of his blocking. I don't know how Willis blocks, mm -hmm. but I, I kind of see him as more of like a Ross Dwelly, like like the the actual replacement for Ross Dwelly, like the backup, the guy who can be instead of having to have a backup fullback and a backup tight end on the roster, you have one guy who does both. Yeah. And that was kind of like when Kittle goes down, all of a sudden Dwelly's the fullback, and he's not really great at it. But you have to have someone do it. Like that could right. be Willis. Yeah, that could be Willis. Okay, so. Yeah. Uh, also, you wrote something about Ronnie Bell, how you were like, when you saw him physically, you were like, geez, I don't know. But then he impressed you when he actually had to catch a football. Yeah, he looks kind of small and he has number 10. So it's like right away, it's like, oh, Kyle Williams, like, oh, I don't know about this. And then See, he, he's running. It's like, ah, God, pick another number. Um, but And then he runs around. It's like he's really... I want to think Dante Pettis, but even Dante Pettis was a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, a little bit more. I mean, a second round pick. There's a difference between him and Ronnie Bell. You watch Ronnie Bell and you're like, yeah, that's a seventh round pick right there. But then all of a sudden, there was this stretch where he caught a 40-yard pass on a post where he like dove and caught it over the safety and like landed on his back. It was like, oh, like in a rookie minicamp. Like, not to get pile on Dante Pettis, but he never would have done that. I mean, his whole attitude was, man, it's it's May. I'm not gonna Dude. do that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I that was his that's why I wrote him off in rookie minicamp. Like he went over the middle, he alligator arm to pass, like let's kind of let it went by. And his attitude was, man, it's it's practice. I'm like, Oh, I don't think you can do that here, man. And can that I was call you out, yeah. though, just for once. Like, please, you have stop. more mileage out of out of Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis drop in rookie minicamp than anybody I've ever seen. It's it's like the it's like the the first impression that was that I was right about. I was like, I, you know what? I don't need to see anymore. This is it. Right. Like, you can't do that in this in these practices. I've never seen anyone do that. So sorry, Dante. He's he's on his third. He's on. He got another contract. He's still in the league. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, neither did I. But I guess no. good for him. Um, all right, well, that's cool because I'm rooting for Bell. You know, I think that in a perfect world, they let Jawan Jennings walk after this year and Ronnie Bell just takes over that spot as like a third down guy. You know, not not an every down guy on the outside, but someone that has a very specific role and can do one thing really well. Yeah, I think he could replace some of what Jennings does and Braden Willis could too. I look at Willis as what he can do as a receiver. I bet you when we get to training camp and they do these one-on-one -on -one drills, he's going to be really tough to stop. That's my guess. And I bet you Latu won't be really tough to stop in those drills. It, you know, when you get him in space and you have to tackle him, no one's going to want to do that. He's huge. So then let's flip it now. Who maybe kind of didn't impress as much as you would have hoped? Latu, I'd like to see him catch the ball, man. Like, they yeah. threw him the ball over the middle, and he just dropped it. Like, Willis won't do that. Kittle won't do that. And if, if you can't catch the ball in traffic, then what is your – Skill set as a wide receiver, like uh, as a receiver. There, uh, McLuhan was comparing you to Tony Gonzalez. Like, Tony Gonzalez is one of the best route runners. Tony Gonzalez was uncoverable, unguardable. So, I'd like to see a little bit more finesse from Latsu. Like, catch the ball, get open. Don't just tell me that you can run over people after, like, in a real game. Him and then D winners. I don't know what my expectations were. Like, he's a late six round pick, and they, they were compared him to Greenlaw. Dre Greenlaw. He, run, he runs a 4 4. I guess I was thinking, man, this guy's going to start right away. Like, maybe not. Like, I, and that's not even a bad thing. 
I, maybe he'll take him a year before he can really make his impact because they got this Marcelino McCurry ball that they've been yep. molding for a little while, and he looks good too. He was even there, which I think speaks well for him. Like some second and third year guys were at this rookie mini camp, like Jason Poe. But then I think McCurry ball and Niners were like, you know what? You're looking good. Why don't you hang out? We'll see you at OTA. So I winners, I guess. I looked at him as more beyond the redshirt plan, but maybe I'm wrong. Just a, a snap judgment of him. The Niners do that a lot. They really like to give people a year of seasoning, which I don't yeah. always agree with, but whatever. Uh, speaking of Jason, well, they're good, Paul, right? I mean, if they stunk, you could play whatever, but like they're everyone, <laughs> it's kind of like the Warriors. Like if, if you can't come on this team and play a specific role right away, whether it's on third down or on special teams, like they don't have, they don't have the reps for you, buddy. Sorry. Like we'll see you next year. Pretty much. Is Jason Poe going to be a thing? I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him to be a thing. It seems like it's either going to be him or Joey Fisher. One of those two guys is going to be the right guard prospect project out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um, They both got reps at right guard in in minicamp, and they're competing essentially with like John Feliciano and Spencer Burford. Spencer Burford's interesting because he was bad last year, but he was a rookie and you could be like, well, I mean, they were just trying to get him on the field. Like Banks would have been bad if he played as a rookie. Like maybe that experience was good for him. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens to him in year two. Because what way I see with Burford is he's got long arms. He's got a good frame for the position at right guard, but he's really not strong. Really not strong. And he kind of got bullied, especially in pass protection by NFL D tackles, like backup D tackles, you know? So, so now you got Poe who doesn't have the length, but he's freaking hella strong joey fisher doesn't have the length really strong so we'll see what what plays better for the 49ers like length and quickness or strength and quickness let's see i don't know it seems like they might might be going a different direction at right guard in which case poe has a chance and fisher has a chance too fisher didn't make it through the minicamp practice though right he did not and um i'm gonna give him the benefit of doubt on this one because he doesn't look like he's overweight he looked like he's dehydrated like he was working really really hard the last few weeks to get signed and he uh didn't understand how hot it gets in santa clara like it says it's 75 degrees but it feels way hotter than that there's no shade and there's no breeze and there's no um humidity and you dry out quick and i don't think he knew about that i mean a player died on the 49ers like 20 years ago in training camp uh it's no joke so i mean now he knows now he knows what it's like i think he was just a little excited probably I wouldn't okay. hold it against him. Yeah. Wow. See, that's great. Nice him. people. What I'm trying to be always, nice. Well, these are hate. rookies. He's only time I'm I'm hard on a rookie is if it's Dante Pettis. Right. <laughs> five Just years ago. Ask. Only Dante time. Pettis. Sorry. All right. Uh, that's cool. And thank you very much for that because, like I said, I feel like I have not been able to get rookie minicamp news from anybody else. So that is greatly appreciated. Let's move on. Strange. Okay. Let's get. Yeah. It is strange. Not surprising, hmm. but. Let's move on to something that Lewis Riddick said on the Rich Eisen show yesterday, Um, because once again, you know, somebody else has weighed in on the quarterback situation for the 49ers. And Lewis Riddick told Rich Eisen, I'll tell you what, I had someone tell me this recently. They believe that that Sam Darnold in that match with Kyle Shanahan out there, that could he that could finally be the spot that totally makes him become the out of nowhere surprise of the year. And you and I had different takeaways. I'll let. Uh, you explain yours first, and then we can get to mine. Well, I, my first reaction was, here's another national insider who has no connection to the 49ers speculating for attention. 
And I'm like, man, Lewis Riddick is so beneath you. Like Ian, Ian Rappaport seems to do it a lot. And he doesn't even hide that he's speculating. He, he's just like saying, hey, I didn't hear. I'm just trying to put the tea leaves together. Like, man, you're not a tea leaf reader. You're a reporter. Pick up the phone. <laughs> now it's like, oh, Riddick, you're reading tea leaves too? But then he actually says, so, he talked to someone. And he said, someone who I trust implicitly when it comes to quarterback play. And it's like, okay, like, is this your high school quarterback coach? Like, why would you say that? How is that relevant? Okay, it's only relevant to me if it's someone who really has expertise in quarterbacks and is connected to this team in some way. He's not going to come out and say it because obviously he doesn't want to blow the lid. I mean, if he if he has a connection, he doesn't want to blow the lid off who it is. So I'm looking at Lewis Riddick. Just so happens that he was in the Monday night football booth with Steve Levy and Brian Greasy. Mm. They worked together on Monday night football. Someone he trusts implicitly when it comes to quarterback play. I think Brian Greasy would qualify. And if he has, I mean, I would think he has Brian Greasy's number. They literally work together. And I'm not, I'm not accusing Greasy. I don't know. It just seems like, man, who else would make sense here? And if he texts Greasy and is like, so what's up with uh, Trey? And Greasy's like, man, I don't know. And I don't know about Purdy, but let me tell you something off the record. Man, I really like Sam. Like, It would explain how every single insider from Mike Florio to Ian Rappaport is like, look, man, I keep hearing about Greasy. I mean, not Greasy, about Darnold. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, like, I don't think Kyle Shanahan's talking to people off the record. Maybe Lynch is, but wow. Now that Riddick said this, I'm thinking, what about the quarterback coach? I can't prove it. I don't know, but that's nice. interesting. Yeah, so much the whole 49ers don't leak theory, by the way. Um, this was my takeaway. First of all, like, is there one dude in San Francisco that loves Darnold and is just telling everyone, like telling Ian, telling Lewis Riddick? Maybe. Or is there a, are there a bunch of people in the 49ers that like Darnold? And so they're all talking. But then the other thought I had was this. Why is there no one in yeah. San Francisco Talking about Trey. Talking about Trey Lance. No yeah. one. There's no, there's no quote like this from anyone other than Kyle and John who have a a very real reason to talk him up to try and trade him. No one else is saying, hey, they really like Trey Lance. Trey Lance looks really good. There's none of that coming from anybody. Well, let's stick with Greasy for a second. I, I, I'm not accusing, but it's a working hypothesis. He has this close working relationship with Lewis Riddick, and he was in the media. Let's say it's Greasy who is 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 you know expressing these sentiments off the record. I don't know. If it is, he didn't pick Trey. He inherited Trey. Right. He helped pick Purdy. It's conceivable that he helped pick Darnold. And it's just human nature like when you put your name and reputation behind picking someone and bringing them in, you have more invested in making it work. When you inherit someone, I mean, you might want to make it work. You might think you can make it work. But it, when it doesn't, you have a million excuses. Well, I never picked this guy. He's not my guy. He got hurt. I don't know what's going on with him. Like, yeah, I mean, it could work out. But I like Sam Darn. Like, that's how it goes. Especially if you are if you put your name on the line. Like, yeah, bring him in. I could do something with him. So that would just make it make sense. Of course, people are talking up Sam Darnold because the people in the organization who are here, I haven't been here that long. And, you know, Trey Lance precedes him. A lot of these guys on offense. People always like to pick their guys and get their guys time. into the team. That's that's an interesting idea. And plus, Trey was gone. I mean, I know he was in the facility, but he was hurt. Like, he wasn't in the trenches with them going through it last nope. year. 
with Greasy's first year. PJ watching on YouTube says it's painful to watch national media coverage on the 49ers. Eisen said they had to pick a kicker in the third round because they have a complete roster. Really? What about right tackle, defensive end, depth on the overall offensive line? Yeah, they didn't have to kick a, a pick a kicker. They clearly chose to pick a kicker. There's certainly other places they could have upgraded. Well, can I ask you a question about Rich Eisen? When was yes. the last time he criticized the 49ers about anything? Good point. He is their national advocate. Like, he is their defense attorney. And, like, look, they do a lot of good stuff, but they're not perfect. There's a lot of things you could say, like, hey, it could be a little bit better here. But every offseason, he comes out and, like, pushes back against any criticism of this team. Like, <laughs> you'd almost, like, think he has a personal relationship with Mike Shanahan or something. What's up with that? The Niners have a lot of those guys in the national they do. A they do. lot of them. They do. God, remember yeah. Trent Dilfer talking about Jim Tom Sula? They win that game against the Vikings. Look at the 49ers. Jim Tom Sula. Dude, give me a break. Oh, is that week one who they faced? It was the Vikings? Ah, oh, I forgot. I was talking about that yesterday. I thought it was the Rams. No, no that was Chip Kelly the next year. I think it was Minnesota. Didn't Carlos Hyde do that spin move? And yes. Touchdown? He was so good in that first week, and then he got destroyed against Pittsburgh the next week. Ooh. Uh, Flav says, Sam Darnold is the better quarterback right now. Trey is years away and likely going to be ugly for a while when he starts playing again. Light years no away. Sense. Oh, sorry. What did I say? Light years away. Makes no sense to plan for four games and Brock will be back. Okay. Sam, didn't Ryan Hensley bet, offer to bet you about this? You need, to put your, you need to put something on the line here. You say Sam's going to start week one. A lot of people have offered to bet you about this, and you keep spending $10 on Super Chats to say, like, you're kind of betting on it, but why don't you just make it official, man? Come on. Come on, baby. At least if you bet, you have a chance to win your money back. Exactly. You're throwing your money away. Poor Flave. So is it Flave? Oh, there is an accent. It's Flave. My bad. Sorry. It's all good. Um, I don't know why. Being right. Why do people think Sam Darnold is better than Trey Lance? Sam Darnold is awful. Like Trey Lance is not great because some people like Flave think that Trey Lance is like Tim Tebow. Right. And and, 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 And like. He has, like, there's so little Trey Lance footage that people can say whatever they want about him. Actually, he's really good. Actually, he's the worst quarterback of all time. And you're like, well, what, do, what evidence do I have to argue against you? Like, you must have this third eye that tells you the future. Because, I don't know, I'm looking at like 100 throws. Right. Or whatever. He has, Sam Darnold has had way worse games than Trey Lance has ever had. Including His, last year in that magical six-year run when he was like five of fifteen for forty-three yards with no touchdowns and two picks. Okay, like Trey Lance has never had that game, dude. Ever. That was January eighth. That was five months ago. He was five of fifteen. I, it seems like Sam Darnold is at best a backup quarterback. He's the kind of guy that if you put the best team around him possible he might not lose the game. But if he has to play five games in a row, he's going to find a way to lose some of those games. He absolutely, that's who he is. You can't trust him. He's a backup quarterback. And he's been that for years. People got to ignoring all the stuff that we've seen from him. Yes, he's going to a better environment. Yes, he's going to have better teammates. Yes, he's got a better mm-hmm. scheme. Mm-hmm. So what? That doesn't fix everything. Can't trust even, him. even if he's better than he was, he's not going to be... Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh yeah. Allen. So what are we doing here? Like, who, He's going to make some decisions that are going to make you hate him. You yes. like him now. You like him now. But he's going to – and he may have a few games where you're like, wow, look, at he's not doing too much. He's not trying to he's, – he's playing within himself. He's not trying to be the hero. He's checking it down. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Wait, wait for it. Wait three, four weeks. If you don't believe me, 
And people, people who follow me or, or on Niners Twitter, you should know Mr. Roscoe's. He's all, he's all around. He makes banners for everybody. He is the biggest USC fan I know. Ask him about Sam Darnold. He will say the nicest things. Can you trust him? Hell no. Absolutely not. No. So, I mean, Brian Greasy, you could talk yourself in or whoever. Who, I mean, look, if you signed him and gave him $3.5 million guaranteed, you must have a reason. Of course, you're going to be optimistic, but that can go away real fast. Real fast. Real and fast. I'm just sick and tired of having a quarterback where the game plan is to take the ball out of their hands. We don't want him to do too much. Let him hit the check down. No, I want the quarterback. Can't win when a Super Bowl that way. Eight, put the ball in his hands, and I want the fear of God in the defense. Okay, because that's win how Super Bowl I that way. Yeah. Right, playing the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. Crap, he has to pass here. Oh no, God, I hope we can stop him. And guess what? They couldn't in the fourth quarter of that game. I that's what I want for my quarterback. Stop looking for a guy that can do it if the team runs like an ungodly amount or if he doesn't have to straight drop back. No, that is not the standard at quarterback that you need. Sorry. Yeah, and it's like if if you if you don't have that franchise quarterback um who can drop back 45 times a game and win and you really have to run, then do you want a game manager like Sam Darnold or maybe Brock Purdy? Or do you want a quarterback like Trey Lance who can enhance the running game as well? Because that's what the Eagles did. Like, and I, It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Jalen Hurts. Like, Are you really a franchise quarterback? We'll see. Because a lot of times what they do on third and eight when it's supposed to be a passing down for the rest of the league is they'll run quarterback draw. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's fourth and one. And then they never had to pass. And then it's quarterback sneak and it's a first down. Like They, they put Jalen Hurts in beautiful situations. They, they use him in great ways. And I wonder if they can keep doing that when he starts making $50 million a year. It's going to be interesting to see. But the Niners can do a lot of the same things with Trey Lance. I think Kyle Shanahan is smart enough to figure that out. Don't know if they're if his quarterback coach is. We'll have to see. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. Corey Soto, the Kyle Shanahan <clears> talked <throat> to Trey Lance to trade him, and Greasy's leaking Sam endorsements either doesn't compute or his poor strategy just doesn't make sense. It's a good point, right? If you're trying to talk up Trey to boost his value, you can't have other leaks outside the organization talking about how good Sam Darnold is. That that doesn't hurt. Well, let me just say, I don't know that Brian Greasy's leaking. I have no idea. Not right. accusing him. Don't know. Don't have any intel there. I'm just saying... He worked really closely with Lewis Riddick. I still can't, I can't imagine who else he was talking about. And clearly, it, whoever Lewis Riddick is talking to doesn't want people to know who they are. It's very important that that per person is anonymous, probably in their own organization. So um, that's why I'm being very careful not to accuse anyone because I don't know. And that person does not want to be known who they're, who, who they, you know, that they're right. talking. I, I could understand you connecting the dots to Greasy, but we don't know, and it could be someone else. But I mean, that is a very clear. He worked with Riddick. They worked yeah. together. He worked with Riddick, and I never would have even thought it was Greasy before Riddick said what he said. He said someone yeah. who I trust implicitly when it comes to the quarterback play. Is it the quarterback you used to work with on national television? Like, why would you who's even the, say that? Who's the current quarterback coach? Yeah, don't say that. Yeah, that's not slick at all. Yeah, I don't know. Lewis Riddick like also said, I'm pretty sure it was Lewis Riddick that said the Seahawks were the favorite to win the division in the NFC West this year. So I'm not putting well, a ton I, of stock. I mean, there. they have a tough schedule too, though, but yeah, I could see it. I mean, let's say, hey, look, if, if the Niners are really in the, in the spot right now where they're talking themselves into Sam Darnold, like that's bad. I believe if, if that's the, if they really, if Sam Darnold's going to start week one, like Flave said, oh yeah, man, put your money on the freaking Seahawks because Sam Darnold is not the next Geno. I feel pretty confident about that. He's the next Blake Bortles. People that get paid a lot of money and do this for a living should know that by now. You should know that already. That's the weird thing. 
Like, the, and people, people are like, oh, oh, well, well, Kyle wouldn't waste his time. Kyle wouldn't bring in a guy. Like, Sean McVay signed Blake Bortles for the same freaking reason. <laughs> and with the same, hey, well, you know, he hasn't been in a franchise like this. He hasn't been with a coach like me. Like, okay, but if he stinks, he's still going to stink. Like, you can't. That's on him. Like, yeah. Gabbert, too. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. Uh, Eric Schultz mm. says people love game managers and not game changers. Well, Sam Darnold is a game changer, technically. It's just usually he changes it in favor of the other team. Um, yeah, but- the upside with with Sam Darnold is like get him to stop being a complete liability and maybe just manage the game. Like, cool. Is that really worth your time and effort? Maybe if that's your backup quarterback. But I don't but the know. weird thing is like you wouldn't do that at any other position, right? You wouldn't want Debo to be like, well, his ceiling could be he could catch convert on third and five. Like, no, you want a guy who can catch a five yard pass and take it eighty yards like he did against the Rams on Monday Night Football. Like, right? Like you you brought in a guy any other position and his track record for five years is, oh yeah, he will lose games for you if he's on the field for you. You're gonna lose, and he's gonna be the reason a lot of the time. Oh yeah, no, we're gonna bring him on the on our team, and he won't necessarily be an impact player, but. He won't be a reason we lose. Like, why even waste your time? Why? I don't get it. And that's why, like, I, I would have rather just draft a quarterback because that guy doesn't have five years of failure that he has to overcome. He doesn't have ghosts he has to stop seeing. He's got a four-year contract that's cheap. Like, mm-hmm. what if Sam Darnold plays well for, like, two months? Are the Niners going to extend him next year? Like, oh, they have this terrible decision. They have to they get a franchise tag him? Like, I don't know. You, you and then you don't this. have that cheap quarterback room that you've no, said you so, don't. so important. So it's just uh-huh. it's a weird situation. But I just don't like how we don't have anybody saying how much the Niners like Lance other than Shanahan and Lynch. And they clearly have an incentive to do that if they want to try and move him. And that, that doesn't let me talk about up. that. Let me let me try to address that. To me, that's because there's no one left in the organization who is directly responsible for bringing in Trey except Kyle. The guy who was already and talked about Kyle. And again, like, I don't care who, who Lewis Riddick is talking to. I'm fairly confident it's not Kyle. And until Kyle makes up his mind, that's all that matters. So, you know, he could have a quarterback coach who has a preference. Rich Gangarello seemed to have a preference. Like, it's ultimately up to Kyle. And I think Kyle's attitude, he's trying to be transparent here, is like, look, I like all three quarterbacks. Let's legitimately have a quarterback competition. That's how we determine every other starter on this team you know, a competition. We've never done that at quarterback. And maybe that's why there's been so much drama here and, and camps and, and these, this faction thinks this quarterback should start like, let's just let it play out. So, Hey, guys could have opinions on who's going to win or who they think will win. It's going to play out. And the funny thing is, let's say Sam Donald starts week one. He wins this quarterback competition. You get to start week one against Pittsburgh. That's great. So what if you lose? What if you win the competition, go to Pittsburgh, put up seven points and lose? Do you keep the job? Like, did you really win the competition? It's going to be interesting. Right. And that's, yeah. even if Trey wins it, if he struggles against Pittsburgh, I mean, the, the calls it's are going to, the noise is going to be loud. Yep. Super it's loud. Like, just like yeah. it was last year when he lost yep. to Chicago. Oh my God. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, yep. it's just crazy. I'm so excited. Rookie, our uh, OTA start Monday. Like this is the beginning of the picture developing that starts oh, yeah. on Monday. Like I'm, I'm pumped for it. I know you'll report what happens. Hopefully the other people in that room with you will actually tell us what the hell is going on. Have you gotten the exact um, schedule? I don't think I've gotten it. Uh, because yeah, I, I know OTAs will start. Um, but OTA, I have Monday, they, Tuesday, and Thursday that week for OTAs. Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday in front of the, in front of the media? I think only one of the days the media gets to be there. Which is oh, I'm not sure OTAs. how many days the media will be there. 
Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Okay, good to know. Good to know. And then I got to go to a graduation on Friday for my friend. That's good. Tuesday, Wednesday, the next week. Graduation. If you're not graduating, it sucks to go to a graduation. It's terrible. You got to wait <laughs> 10,000 names you don't know for the one name that you do. And then, yay. And then, well, that's what tequila's for, right? I'm just kidding. Kids, <laughs> joking. <laughs> but, especially, yeah. We're going to uh, start to get some answers, which I'm very, very excited about because I want to see, like, is Trey looking better? You know, like I've said this yeah. many times. It's one thing to see these guys work out, but if you have them on the field at the same time against an actual defense, like it, you can tell things. It looks different. When you see all the bodybuilders on stage at the same time, you can immediately pick out the one with the best muscles. Like, and so hopefully <laughs> that's what happens with Trey. Well, here's what I think would be interesting. Like first day, what you'll see is what is the QB rep split? Who's the first quarterback on the field yes. with the first team? I mean, that's that's a story right there. And then obviously the completion percentage and the touchdowns and stuff like the the competition starts there. Mm -hmm. Also, even more important than that is just Trey's mechanics. Like what I'll do and what a lot of people do on your iPhone, you can film in slow motion. I like doing this. Just yes. film Trey slowing. Uh, film Trey throwing in slow motion. Say that five times fast, and you can just see like. Look at his lower half. Look at his front leg. I mean, all the kind of things that people that people look for. I mean, everyone has something different. There's a lot of experts out there, but all of a sudden, people will just pour over that stuff and have a lot to say. I know the Niners have been already, and if there are actual changes, people will be really excited. If there aren't, it looks exactly the same as the last two years. People will be really concerned. So that's going to be something too. The Rorschach test that is his mechanics. Yeah, it is. I and mean, you know yeah. what? I, I know, like we're not experts or whatever, but like I want it. Give it to me. Give it to me now. Even give if me your I'm take. Give me your take. What do you see? What do you see? Yeah. Give me the takes. Give me the video. Yeah. Like, I'm here. Hell, we spent days breaking down two throws that were put out by Trey Lance's people on social media. So, two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want the Got a lot of mileage out of that. Yeah. I want to yeah. see that. I want to see what happens with oh. the running backs. Like, is Ty Davis Price ever going to be a thing? You know, uh, Jason Aponte earlier this week said three guys that have to ball out are Ty Davis Price, Danny Gray, and Ambry Thomas. Well, that starts next week for those guys. Yeah, I, to me, like, I was talking to the coach who I do a show with, and he was saying, like, really, how you play in a football season is a reflection of how you worked out in the offseason. Like, you can't really get stronger and faster in the football season. So it's a lot about, like, the work you did. And Ambry, for whatever reason, it didn't seem like he did much work between years one and year two. It seemed like he fell off, and you just can't catch up, especially when Diamondor Lenore's been working his ass off all offseason. And it shows, like, that's why he passed you, man, because of all the work he did in the offseason. So, Ty Davis Price, obviously your spot is threatened. How are you going to respond to that? Are you going to come in bigger, faster, stronger than you've ever been and take someone's spot, or are you going to be like, damn, I, that sucks. Like, I guess I'm not getting an opportunity here. Like, that's football. It doesn't matter what you did last year. If Jordan Mason comes in here a little chubby this year and didn't work out hard, like he's going to get cut. We'll see what happens. But last year, Jordan Mason was ready and Ty Davis wasn't. We'll, we'll see what happens. God, yeah. I hope. Like, can you do something, Ty Davis Price? Can we not have another third round pick that just does nothing? Like, just give me, do something. Anyway, Danny Gray. I don't though. have much hope for Ty Davis Price. I didn't like what I saw him in college. He seemed like okay. kind of like he had one good, he like Trey Sermon. You had like one great game. You, threw, you ran for 300 yards one time. And I feel like Kyle watched it and was like, "Pooh, this guy's great." Okay, watch the rest of the film. Like, nah, man, I got I got places to be. You know, Lynch had a really interesting comment. He said that usually what he does when he does his draft prep is start at the top, right? Look at start with the best players and then 
get through mm-hmm. and you, know, you work to the mm-hmm. bottom guy. Because the Niners didn't pick until 99, ultimately 87, he said he started at the bottom and worked his way up. So he started with the crap guys and then worked his way up to the guys that are better. I don't. Does that help them make better late round picks? I don't know. I thought it was interesting anyway. Is that why they just they just took a kicker and a backup tight end in the third? <laughs> yeah. We were really more focused on in round seven this year, but I guess we got to take someone around three. So here we go, kicker. Um, Danny Gray is somebody I feel like, like, dude, you had one catch. Oh your rookie year one catch like that's what i wanted to say like these year two guys i'm really curious like which guys have transformed their bodies like which one of these guys that got shelved aaron banks was one last year uh Mm -hmm. talanoa looked way different last year you could tell this guy is gonna start like he's put in all the work you need he looks like a starter which one of these year two guys all of a sudden looks like a legit nfl player like is it drake jackson because drake Drake jackson did not last year he was wearing he looked like the T-shirt in the pool guy. That's all. Like the only way I would describe it. It's like, wait a second, man. You're a second round pick. People say he looks yoked this year. I want to see that because if he does, I mean, that's he needs to step up. What is what does Drake Jackson look like? He's so important this year because if he doesn't, like, they might have to sign Yannick Ngakwe like right before week one or something like that. You know, they'll give him the whole offseason to prove himself, but he's got a lot yeah. to prove. They're yeah. really counting on him to be that other guy on the opposite side of Nick yeah. Rosa. And yep. I think he could potentially be that. But like Kyle said, like, dude, you can't run out of gas. No, at the end of the you got to be in tip top shape now. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see yeah. with Drake. That's definitely the other something. thing that's interesting about these players is like, so there's OTAs and mini camp and then there's a 40 day off period. Between always training camp. About it. Yep. What do you do? What do you do? Like, do you work too hard? Do you get fat? Do you rest the right amount? Because after that 40 days off, like you got about six months, no break. Like, it's this offseason, like the real pros know how to handle it. And I feel like the guys who get hurt in the offseason either, you know, took it off or went too hard. I mean, it's it's an art how to handle it in the offseason. This is By my yourself. this is my yeah. conspiracy theory. I'm sure people will love it. I'm gonna keep an eye on who does Brandon Ayuk go to work out with in that 40 Who does Brandon Ayuk fight? <laughs> Sorry. Because Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> he wants to get paid, right? And he knows he's got to produce if he wants to get paid. So he's got every incentive to do everything he can to get paid. So who's he go to? Does he work out with Darnold in that 40-day period? Does he work out with Trey in that 40-day period? And maybe that gives us a, an inc- a clue as to what direction the quarterback position is pointed in. See, to me, if if I were Brandon Ayuk and I were here, I would, I would probably say, like, hey, man, I don't freaking know. Like, how, do I, how am I supposed to know? The head coach doesn't know. And he wants to have a competition. Like, what am I supposed to draw straws and guess? I could guess wrong. I have a 67% chance of guessing wrong, Rob. I tried this last year with Trey. I was wrong, Rob. He can't Wasting work my out. time. He can't work out with Brock, okay? So that, that door is Hey, closed. why are we all discounting Brandon Allen? The Niners have four quarterbacks. Brandon Allen, okay, <laughs> is the senior member of this room. Ugh, Nico watching on YouTube says, can Sam play like Purdy with this offensive line? Sam is, is not immobile. Like, he can move a little bit. He had that touchdown run. Was it against the Panthers? No, the Broncos, I think it might have been against. He had, like, a 60-yard touchdown run where I was like, holy hell. Like, he's not Jimmy Garoppolo back there. He is more mobile than that. Now, Brock has a very unique kind of escapability that I don't think Sam Darnold has, but Sam, is, Sam can move more than you think. Let's say, put it this like real simple, real simple. Brock Purdy believes in Brock Purdy. 
<laughs> and it's amazing how much he believes in himself. And I think that's why the team believes in him too. He really believes in himself. Does Sam Darnold believe in Sam Darnold? Does he? At this point, I don't know. Maybe he did when he, he first came into the league, but there's some scars. He never, he never struck me as a particularly confident quarterback, even at USC. And people always made excuses for him. Oh, well, Clay held and uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Does that look like a guy who really believes in himself? Mr. I see ghosts. I don't think so. And if he doesn't believe in himself, how does a team really rally around him for an extended period of time when he's making really, really strange plays and decisions on erratic plays on the Maybe he won't anymore. But that's what the impression I have of Sam Darnold, the guy who really lacks confidence. And if he doesn't believe in himself, how does he somehow keep inspiring belief in people around him? That's the weird He's part a hard worker. He, but to, to me, everyone, what everyone says about him is like, yeah, he's a guy who's willing to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. You're, you're mm -hmm. describing Blaine Gabbert. Oh, like he, you know, he, he didn't take any of the criticism to heart and he comes and shows up to work and he's a good guy. Like, yeah, it's a backup quarterback. He's a backup quarterback's mentality. He's not a leader. Doesn't want the pressure. You know, he's happy to blend in and be in the background. Yeah, backup for sure. For sure. City Burt watching on YouTube says the Shanahan system is basically the coach playing the quarterback. Who's the ideal guy in the NFL for that? John Elway. Steve Young. Kirk. Honestly, like they've had success with Matt Schaub, Matt Ryan, Steve Young. Like there's a type. They can't develop quarterbacks. They can do everything but that. You give them a quarterback who's developed, they'll give them the, the scheme, the run game, the defense. They'll win. But you got to give him the quarterback. Mike had those quarterbacks. He inherited Elway. He inherited Young. Uh, he got Elway again. And then after that, it was no it was no good. I think he was under 500 after that. Uh, Kyle, I mean, you, it is what it is. I think probably privately they would admit that this is something they don't do well. But it is the Kubiaks, the Kubiaks have done it. And Kyle has two Kubiaks on his, on his uh, staff right now. So maybe, maybe Purdy's their guy. I don't know. I just, I don't know. It is interesting about the quarterbacks that Kyle has had success with, though. They are all kind of yes, sir, no, sir yeah. kind of personalities. Like Matt Ryan mm -hmm. is, a, is a good, like a great locker room guy, but he's not like a, at least to my knowledge, he's not like a F you. I know what I'm doing. Get yeah. out of my way. Like he'll, he'll I need, I need input on this offense, Kyle. We need to talk about this. I don't think he did that. I don't think Shaw did right. that. Ro Aaron Rodgers would. Right. And Rodgers. Tom Brady would rebelled yeah. at points in green bay he did oh, yeah. not like some of the things that were going on there that is not what kyle is looking for in a quarterback and the thing with brock is even though brock is supremely confident i also think he has a i think brock's confidence is more of a i'll do whatever you say and i'll freaking kill it get out of my yeah. way but he's not like coming with his own like i'm doing this and you can't stop me to me it's a different kind of a mentality yeah and i think what they saw with Brock was he was playing a little bit of hero ball at Iowa State. That team wasn't good, and he had to do too much. All of a sudden, he comes to the Niners, and it looked like almost football was easier for him because his team was so – I mean, yeah, this, yeah. It's, a, it's a level up in, in, in competition, but his team is so much better. He can just be a game manager and get celebrated for it. And I think the Niners are like, well, okay, like Sam Darnold's in the same position. Yeah, but Sam Darnold's struggles have all come in the NFL, like – a lot of players in the league have faced him and are confident that they can kick his butt. And I don't know that <laughs> I don't know that Sam's all of a sudden gonna find confidence and self-belief on the 49ers. I just feel like I don't know. People point to Alex Smith that happened all of a sudden for him, but nah, I don't know. Yeah, Smith. but did it really happen for Alex Smith? I mean, his best years were in Kansas City, away from the he wasn't that good. He was Detroit. always a very cautious quarterback. It's not like he blossomed into a franchise quarterback. He was always kind of frustrating. 
Errol Tolbert watching on YouTube says, Debo put up a tweet giving Trey praise yesterday. I'm trying to find that tweet, and I don't I'm blocked. see it. I'm blocked. Debo oh, blocked no. He blocked you? Oh, well, last I'm, year. I'm looking at the Twitter feed right now, and I don't see it. So if somebody can see it and put the text in the chat, I would appreciate it because I'd like to see that because it'd be nice to see Trey get a little praise. But um, in Debo's defense, Debo and Ayuk are the only ones who really like take time out of their day to say things uh, complimentary about Trey on the record. I mean, whenever whenever Kittle tries, it always comes out as a backhanded compliment. But Debo and Ayuk kind of act like, hey, we like him. I mean, it's not our choice. He has to step up, but we still like him, which is nice. Nice to have someone say that. Kittle sometimes like does a lot of those kind of backhanded compliments. Like when when Brock started and Kittle showed up to the NFL Network set with the Jimmy shirt. And Brock was, that was like, lame. what do you like? That was lame. Yeah. You know, like, and I yeah. like that Brock kind of called him out. I'd like actually like to see Trey sort of step up and do that a little more. Like, stop letting people make jokes about your age. So, you know, yeah. like, take control <clears throat> a little bit. Brock's already. Yeah, doing- Brock did. Brock did. And it felt like Trey kind of felt like, man, I can't do that. It's not my place. Jimmy's here. They haven't fully. Um, the, the organization hasn't fully uh, bought into me yet. They haven't gone all in with me. I have to be kind of nice. Well, whereas with Brock, like literally everyone was injured. And he's like, I have to do this for the sake of the team. George, nothing personal, but I have to tell you to shut up because if I don't, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. I love that about Brock too. He's like, look, man, I got to do this. I got to freaking do this. He was very savvy. Brock. Purdy. I will give Brock credit for Hell recognizing yeah. that he needed to instill confidence in the team when he came in. Yeah. Like, the team was a little bit shaken because yep. they were like, our Super Bowl season is circling the drain. And he came in and he was like, no, I'm going to show them that the train is still on the tracks. And he did. And it worked because now they right. love him. Also, because like he had that, let me see. correct me if I have the timeline wrong, but he comes in for uh, Jimmy, who gets yes. hurt right at the beginning of that Miami game, kills it. And then the waiver, uh, then Baker Mayfield's available. And the Niners decide like, we don't, not that they would have gotten Baker Mayfield, but they decided we don't need Baker Mayfield or Ben Roethlisberger or whatever, like we're gonna ride with Brock Purdy. They they may not have made that decision if he hadn't had a great first impression. If I if I got the timeline correct, I don't remember specifically when Baker was available. Um, but okay. they wouldn't have gotten him because the Rams were ahead of them anyway. But I don't even think they put in a claim on Baker if I remember. But my point is like Brock knew that there were potentially other options out there for a team that's in the Super Bowl hunt to go get a quarterback who had a little bit more pedigree. Maybe it started a playoff game and. He was so forceful in his first impression that he made the whole organization feel like he could be the first rookie ever who could win a Super Bowl. He really, really believed that. They did. Yeah. And he came close. I mean, I guess. Errol says, Sorry. the Debo tweet says, the speed of Lamar Jackson, the arm strength of Josh Allen, the accuracy of Drew Brees, and the clutchness of Tom Brady, Trey Lance. I got to tell you, I don't see that tweet on his timeline. So uh, I think you may be mistaken there, Errol, because I just looked and I didn't see it. I don't know if that's Maybe he fan. took it down. Yeah, or maybe, why would you take it down? <laughs> I don't think that really describes any quarterback in the world. The speed of Lamar Jackson, the arm strength of Josh Allen, the accuracy of Drew Brees, the clutchness of Tom Brady. There's no one that exists. That Trey does has not has things. not shown the clutchness of Tom Brady, and he's certainly not as fast as Lamar Jackson. So uh, that's like Victor Wembanyama right there. Wembanyama. Yeah, that's what did uh, Woj say? Adrian Wojnarowski said he's the most anticipated prospect in any sport ever, which is such an absurd. Like, was Andrew Luck not a thing? Was Tom Brady not a thing? It's Brady. basketball. Stop trying to make basketball a thing. Basketball is like down the list. You know, it's like 
professional football, college football, XFL, <laughs> NBA. Like, that's where you're at right there. Like, just to put it in perspective real quick before we get to the last thing on our schedule. The NFL just got $110 million <laughs> for one game. Yeah. One game. That's Don't correct. tell me about soccer, about how soccer no. is America's next big sport. Or Mark Cuban saying, oh, the NFL, pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. The NFL is headed for a slaughter. No, they're not, Mark. No, they're not. They're going to kick the hell out of the NBA for the next 50 years. So I just wanted to get that off my chest. I would agree with that. <laughs> I also think it was so obviously, it felt really rigged, the lottery. Like, you're telling me this French player is going to go to the Spurs where they had Tony Parker? Like, oh, okay, so the NBA really wants to make sure that this player succeeds because he could be the face of their league. And so you're sending him to an organization that's going to really take care of him because they had the track record. Like, oh, okay, that was just random, huh? Random. Right, well, the coach Love that. that has a history with David Robinson and Tim Duncan. So you know he knows how to maximize a big guy. Like, it's just but it's like it's like the most friendly organization to French yeah. players and international players. Like they invented that pipeline. Yeah, it's cool. Nice. All right. So Love Errol that. is is he's campaigning hard that this Debo tweet cool. is real. He's, he's paying like yeah. May 16th, he said. And okay. he responded to comments on it. Like, did I just miss this? Okay. Well, cool. Good for Debo, man. Because there, I mean, Kyle came out on the record and said, hey, Trey is a new guy. He's he's tweaked his mechanics. He finally made the mechanic. He literally said this. He made the mechanical changes we've been waiting for him to make in his yep. defense. This broken finger put the whole thing on hold for more than a year. He's finally had some time to work on it. He's cleaned up his base. He was very specific. And so, look, like Lewis Riddick saying, I heard from a guy that they really liked Arnold. Great, man. I mean, they gave him money. Like, they, they signed him. They had a lot of options. I'm sure there are things they like about Sam. Otherwise, what's the point? But from the guy who really matters, I mean, he's trying to be transparent he said it on the record like they're pleased with the progress of trade now it's it's like the first hurdle of 15 but it sounds like he cleared it and that's a good thing like we i'd like to hear people like lewis riddick talk about that but maybe his source isn't impressed i don't know i thought it I was know. interesting that kyle specifically said trey has a much better base than last year he didn't talk about the arm he didn't talk about the throwing motion he talked about his base, his lower half. That was really interesting to me. And I'm not saying that Trey's lower yeah. half is good or bad. I don't know. but That's what I've been focused on. Yes, you have. But right. most people, when they talk about Trey, they talk about everything from the waist up. No. To me, what happens, and we've talked about it a lot, is he, stri he overstrides, he locks out his front leg, and at, at that moment on, it's all arm. And so the arm fatigue tracks. He's working too hard with his arm. If he would just, like sync up his lower body with his upper body and not lock out his leg prematurely, then his his arm would just be along for the ride. And you'd be providing the power with your hips and your actual entire body and not slowing your arm down. So, I mean, it's very important, and it sounds like he's doing it. Kyle can't fix it. Greasy can't fix it. But he was working with Patrick Mahomes all offseason and a new coach. So, so far, so good. Apparently, I'll, look, we'll see for ourselves in a week. We'll see for ourselves. Trey's got to yeah. do that that Dak Prescott hip thing. I don't know what the hell that it's is. It's important. You Get don't generate power from your arm. You generate it from your hip torque. Really? Because you'll blow out your arm. That's the you'll last blow out your arm. Um, yeah. All right, let's get to, oh, there's a quick super chat here. Thoughts on kicking Armstead back outside on early downs. Can Kinlaw be serviceable as a pure? No. 
Kinlaw cannot be like serviceable it. because he can't stay on the damn field. We go through these stages with our draft picks, right? Where it's like, he's going to be an all pro. And then he plays, he gets hurt or he plays. He's not that good. And he's like, okay, well, he'll be a solid starter for us. And he continues to play and he's not that good. He continues to get hurt. And now we're at the point where it's like, well, situationally, maybe, no, maybe he's just not good. It's <laughs> Hold not on. Let me advocate for Javon Kinlaw because no one will anymore. Suddenly I'm, I'm his lawyer. Okay, so he got replaced. He's not a starter anymore. It's a fall from grace. It's rough. But D-lines D work best in a rotation anyway. And Hargrave, when he was at his best in Philly, was not playing 100% of the snaps or 80 or even 70. So if Kinlaw can play 30% of the snaps in a game and give you something, great, you'll take it. At this point, you'll freaking take it. So let's see if he can do that. The issue with Kinlaw is more the injury than than the physical right. ability. He seems right. to like he looks like he's got some the ability, but he cannot stay on the field. And I just his knee is not going to magically improve at this point. Like those type of chronic knee injuries do not get better over time. They get worse. Yeah, and if he's if, if he's gonna be like this dominant run stuffer that they thought he was gonna be and like hold his ground against double teams in this wide nine, because if you think about it, the DNs are way far out. Both yep. D tackles are susceptible to double teams from guards and I mean from offensive linemen at any time. If he's going to hold his ground to that the way like Buckner couldn't necessarily all the time, he's got to have really strong knees and legs. Otherwise, you saw what happened in the NFC Championship game. He was on skates. You, you got to have he was on skates. Game. You have to. So kicking arms it. back outside. I don't like, I don't like it. it. He's not like an it. end. He's just not. And he was great inside, too. Yeah. He was great. So to me, good run stuffer out there, but he's a non pass rusher out there and he can't contain the quarterback in the pocket. So he's almost like yeah. a net negative out there. I don't like it at all. Yep. I totally agree. All right, last yeah. thing I want to get to, and it's who the hell did the 49ers tick off at 345 Park Avenue at the NFL headquarters because their schedule is rough. And this is something that I saw from Warren Sharp. And I want to throw this up on the screen here. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. The 49ers have a net rest disadvantage on the year. The Niners' opponents have 20 more days of rest than the 49ers do this year. How does that happen? Can you can you explain that? Like, what does that mean? How so, does that happen? First of all, the Niners are playing four teams coming off of a bye week. Oh, that's that's sucks. yeah. Them and the Rams have. The oh, most I get it. I get it. I get it. So, like, in each of their matchups, who has more rest going into it? Right. Got it. That sucks. Yes, it does. And you know, we keep saying like, can the 49ers stay healthy? Stay healthy? Stay healthy? This is part of that. Part. The more rest you have, the healthier you can get. And it's yep. not great. The Niners play five games with a rest disadvantage Yikes. in 2023. Like major. So, so that's why it's minus 20. Because there's like five games where it's like minus five, minus six. One of the games is minus eight. I Ew. believe that's the game against the Seahawks. Um, that's awful. <laughs> that, is, that hurts, man. Okay. Um, but it does. It, it, it is good to know that this minus 20 is kind of like, it's a, we're talking about three or four games here. Four or five games. With, yes. with a big, with a big disadvantage. The rest of the, the rest of the 12 games or so are fairly standard. Right. So, like, for example, okay. the Bengals game in week eight, right? Cincinnati has a plus eight days of rest. That's the game because the Niners play on Monday night in Minnesota in week seven. So they're oh, coming a short week road game, and the Bengals that's are coming loss. off a bye week. So, like, that game is going to be yeah. tough enough as it is. But then you Yeah, the Bengals could come out early if they wanted to. They could do whatever the hell they want. They'll be fresh for that game. Right. And yeah. So that is like that is a legitimate thing that is going to have to be overcome in addition to traveling the second most miles in the entire league. More miles than it takes to circle the globe at the equator. 
So that's that and I know you said who they piss off at the at the league office. I don't know, man. I feel like last year they had a real favorable schedule. I I did all the traveling they did. I mean, yep. After Atlanta, the only road trip they really had was Mexico City. But again, they spent a week in Denver preparing for it. So it, it, it and it was a home game for them. Like I don't know. It feels like this is just life. It comes back around. Sorry, but this is a tough one. K. Ken Ortega says, man, schedule and who we play has nothing to do with our same guys getting hurt every single season. Jesus. Oh, no. Our traveling. That is so true. Blah, blah, blah. I got to give K. I got to give him that. Like the Niners, this is a problem, but it is not their number one problem. Their number one problem is quarterback staying healthy and offensive line is two. And this is like somewhere three or four. I'm with K. Fair enough. Love you, Ken. Um, Don't talk to me like, like if this goes wrong this year, like, oh, we got screwed in our schedule. Like, no, that's not what happened. You had an issue. Yeah. You ignored it. I think yeah. it's both, right? When you're relying yeah. on guys that consistently get hurt, this doesn't help. Right. right? right. This true. is not improving things. That's true. Uh, and they, they brag about their quarterback room like they wouldn't trade it right now for right. Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, think none of those teams would trade places with you. I'm right. sorry. Exactly. How many other teams are looking at the 49ers? None. God, if we just had their quarterback. Of all the rooms, on the, if I told the team you could take the 49ers room, any of them you want, are any of them taking the quarterback room? No. No, not the even the Rams. The linebackers, the D-line, whoever. Yes. No one's taking the frigging quarterback room. Nobody. Nope. So they can talk up Sam Darnold as much as they want. No, no Everyone's right. like, okay, let's see. Start him. Calling your bluff. We got a couple more super chats here to get in before we go. Ryan and Jennifer Wood, just wanted to show some love since I haven't in a while. If we can stay healthy down the stretch, haha, we're going to be hard to beat. I'm excited. Hashtag Trey area. That's always the question. With the 49ers. Yeah. Thank you for the thank you very much. Can you? I'm just thinking in Pittsburgh, don't you think quietly, privately, they're like really hoping Sam Darnold starts week one? The Steelers. And once they get oh my God, they're like, they're like, that's not gonna actually happen, right? Like, we're not just gonna get to win week one because Darnold's out there, right? We might. Hey, hey. right. They're they're starting Kenny Pickett, who Michelle Majuk, my Friday co-host, likes to call little tiny baby hands, Kenny Pickett. They're hoping for for Sam Darnold. They're starting their Sam Darnold over there. Right. Sam Darnold 2.0. Papa Phil says, what was our plus minus last year? Maybe it evens out over multiple years. I don't know what the plus minus was last year. That's a fair question. question. And our boy Errol again. Wait, I might be mistaken. LOL. The account is 19 Solutions. That is not Debo (laughs) Samuel's account. (laughs) That's funny, man. That's funny. (laughs) Credit to you, man. You spent like $30 talking about God love you, man. Shout out that would have been news. If honestly, that's what I'm saying. Like, if Debo did that, we would have had like 1,800 think pieces, 500 streams. It would have been a right. big deal. Yep. Um, sorry, Arrow. We, but You're you know man. what? He admitted it. I give him credit for that too. He admitted he was wrong. No, he was on the pursuit of truth the entire time. You got to believe yes. this is a journalist right here, Arrow. Love you. Go. That's yeah. why it's never good to be on Twitter while at work. Well, you we do appreciate you watching the stream while you're at work, though. So thank you for that. Uh, thanks Absolutely. to everybody in the chat that jumped in. We really, really appreciate it. Make sure you like and subscribe to the Gold Standard Podcast YouTube channel and Grant Cohn's YouTube channel if you are not already subscribed. Thank you, Grant. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. What are you doing today? I'm streaming. Streaming all day, hanging out in my in my backyard. I just got a, a backyard set, a little sofa that's like, you know, water resistant. So nice. I really feel like an adult. Hang out in my yeah. backyard. That is hardcore adulting right there. When Ooh, you're looking- I got a hammock. <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm pretty much set for life now. I got a hammock. It's over. Comfortable chair, good weather. 
that's pretty much all you're looking for when you get old. That's right, baby. What about you? Oh, please. I got to get a haircut. Chilling. Look at this mop up here. Being a dad. I don't got to do that yet. Why do you got to say it like that? Sorry, I can't to- wait. It's a gift. <laughs> it's, just, it's got his good days and bad days. Not gonna- <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. We'll talk to you See later. Ya.